on, everybody? Welcome to the Speed Limit 155 podcast. My name is Trey. I'll be the, uh, I guess you can call it the host. I don't know. We're just going to sit here and talk a little bit and, and talk cars. If you're out there, we are live on YouTube. If you're watching this in replay or listening to this in podcasts and you kind of dig what we're talking about, we invite you to go see our, our, our new channel over on YouTube. It's called Speed Limit 155, where we talk cars. And uh, my main channel is Ghost Tactical, and that's more the gun life and all that, which I love. I, I love it to death. But this is another you know part of the life that I enjoy and all of that. So we like having fun talking cars. So um, we're going to do this for a little bit, and uh, I'm not really sure how long we're going to stay on. We've done a few of these. And, we've, um, you know, ironically, um <laughs> On the podcast form, like when I upload those in the podcast form, these have been actually pretty damn popular the last couple we did. Um, so I think there are people out there that are gun people, that are car people. A lot of car people are gun people, so I think it might be a kind of a cool thing. But we're out there. We are also simulcasting this on our main channel right now on the Ghost Tactical to kind of maybe draw some some crowd in and maybe uh, that like the car stuff. But we're, we're, we're here with our good buddy Chase. He's from Flow Rida. And, uh, yeah, I see you rocking the logo. Um, this weekend, a big weekend or something like that? Yeah, man, it might be a touch of a big weekend. I am a absolute dyed-in-the-wool Scuderia Ferrari fan, and it is the first race of the season for the Formula One calendar. Yeah, I, I you know, I have never really gotten into... Well, racing in general, I'm not a big NASCAR guy. I, I know that some of the guys and... And all of that. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm the guy that's going to like turn on the Daytona 500 and the Indianapolis 500 with like 25 laps to go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'm also the guy that really wants to like turn into a baseball game in the seventh inning or a basketball game in like the fourth quarter and just kind of see how it ends. Prince um, was like Formula One. Like I don't have a damn clue. I, I, I enjoy like the track of Formula One. I think it's a really cool. It's it's not just the turn left ovals. It's it, it's a lot of actual driving that has to be taken place. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know anyone, um, so I don't like have a person to like follow. And I'm that guy. I don't want to follow like the superstar. You know, I want to follow someone that's pretty good, but like maybe the up and comer or is kind of like uh, people forget about. So if I was gonna like watch someone this weekend in, in F1, like who's that guy uh, or gal? I guess um, who's that guy to kind of look out for that might be like the up and comer or something. The, the cool thing about this coming weekend in F1 is. The guy I would say to really pay attention to, especially for us as Americans, is Logan Sargent. This kid, okay. he's the first full-time American driver in Formula One since 2006. Oh, wow. Okay. And so who does he drive for? Is he a Ferrari guy or what? He's for Williams, which Williams used to be a pretty major team for years in F1. They've had some hard times the last several years. Yeah, They're kind of at the back of the grid now. Now, is that because of engines or crew or drivers or what? It's more the – so for the longest time, here recently, the last couple of years, Formula One has instituted a budget cap. Prior okay. to this, it was he who has the most money and resources generally won. Okay. So for years, you know, I obviously I'm a Ferrari fan. I have been since sure. I was a kid. You know, the Ferraris, the world, the Mercedes, the Red Bulls, the McLarens, the guys with the money, they tend to win. 
you know, there's a lot of passion and there's a lot of heated debates and that type of thing that goes into all that. And Williams for a long time was a very successful team, but they just simply didn't have the resources other yeah. teams did. Yeah. Yeah. And when people, you know, think about the money in F1, people have no idea if you're not an F1 fan or somebody's been following it for a long time, people don't understand how much money is really spent in this sport. Yeah. You're talking, you know, F1 teams used to spend 400, 500 million dollars plus a year. It was insanity. Oh, snap. See, that's the, kind of the same thing like over here in America. We don't understand the money that's spent worldwide on soccer, like these big European Premier League soccer teams. Uh, they're the most, you know, I would say the Cowboys and the Yankees in America, but the rest of like the top 10 are all like the most valuable sports teams in the world are all like football, like soccer teams, you know, and I guess we just don't see that over here in America. We don't understand that, that the price and the money that's spent on this thing. Yeah. It's, well, then again, there's not a whole lot of races in America. Are there, I mean, uh, there, there probably are now, but like historically, it's been a, like a European thing, right? Yeah. Historically, for a long time, there was generally one race in the U.S. The last uh, U.S. Grand Prix, which was at Indy, but it was the road course, not the yeah. Oh, you know, not the brickyard because F1 cars on an oval track is just absolutely insanity. Oh, That's sure. why they don't run them on. I mean, there used to be so Monza, which is like what's known as like, you know, nicknamed the temple of speed used to have this big parabolica section. that was basically a banked oval that was so insanely dangerous. They got rid of a lot of that area of the track. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And Mons is still a ridiculously fast track, but it doesn't have that bank section anymore. Yeah. But, um, so like, so like the F1, I know there was one in like Miami, right? Or oh, there's a new one in yep. Miami. Was that the first, I remember seeing a big deal. There was a big deal about F1 in Miami. Maybe it's, it's so, maybe first year or something like that, maybe. Yeah. So last year was the first race in Miami. There's a huge push. So Formula One, firstly, is owned by a American company now. Oh, so F, okay. So F1 was sold a few years back from the guy who originally who had owned F Formula One for a long time, Bernie Ecclestone, has been sold off to Liberty Media, which is an American company. Oh, okay. So you have an American company who is really wanting to put more in America. So 20, 2013 was the first race in Austin. We're outside Austin and Circuit of the Americas, which is, for a modern track, is a very good venue. Yeah. This year they introduced Miami. It was past season. They introduced Miami, and this year they're going to introduce Las Vegas. So they oh, are literally nice. going to run the Vegas Strip at night. Oh, the strip's going to be part of the track. Yeah, they're literally running down the strip. Oh man, now that so, would be kind of cool. Formula One is known for these like ridiculous street races. Obviously, the Monaco Grand Prix being the preeminent. No, that's like the, the biggest. World. That's like the Daytona of FF1, right? Yeah, I mean, Monaco's huge. So, yeah. Monaco's, for us, is Labor Day weekend, so it's literally the <laughs> same, it's the same day the Indy 500 runs. Oh, okay. Ooh, that's So, it's a huge double Is that header. on purpose? <laughs> it's just been that way for, like, that's just that weekend they do it on, as it just has been, that particular slot for years, same as the Indy 500. Yeah. Um, a lot of people think that it was done that way intentionally years ago to keep American drivers from trying to compete in one or the other. Yeah, trying to keep certain talent and you know the older, you know older indie leagues trying to keep people from being in one sport or the other because you know years ago guys used to be able to jump around sports. Right. You know they'd race Formula One this weekend. They'd race Le Mans series the next weekend. They'd race 
Yeah, so Lamar's in what June? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Now, do they yeah. still have the twenty-four hours of Daytona? Is that still a thing or no? Every year, rolling it's still 24. a thing. Okay. Yep. All right. So that's your first big endurance race of the year. So I like endurance racing too. I personally do not care anything about NASCAR. I, I, I don't. I don't. Um, you know, my my introduction to the Le Mans and, and the Daytona was you know a few years back with Ford versus Ferrari. The yeah. movie, and that was, that was a great movie. Uh, I, need to, I need to watch that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I was during the movie, I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm watching it at home, and like, I'm Googling stuff on my phone, you know, trying to learn the history. Obviously, you know, Carol Shelby is a name that everyone knows, but um, yeah. I don't know if anyone knows much outside of like why Shelby was famous, like why he himself was famous, or what. What got him into all of this? And it was a really fascinating thing. I didn't know that there was a 24-hour Daytona race. Like, that was the first time I'd ever heard of it. So that was kind of a cool thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the cool thing but about I've never been, been into racing. I, I, know my, I, I like cars, but, like, I'm not a racing guy, you know? And so that's why I gravitate towards, like, Formula One and the endurance stuff is because yeah. of the technicality behind it, the engineering, the skill. Yeah. It's an art. I mean, yeah. it's the it's the height of technology and the height of skill goes into that because there's tons of extremely good drivers in the world. Yeah. Now, Wes out there said Ford versus Ferrari kind of got the U.S. fan base interested in F1, and I'm sure it did. And I think maybe about the same time, and it might be because of the movie. I don't know. Uh, I've never seen it, but I know that there's a really big popular like F1 series on like Netflix or Amazon Prime, yeah. one of them. And Drive I think that's probably Prime. you know that's 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 been huge lately. You know. Yeah, I mean Ford versus Ferrari kind of got people a little more interested in it because it's not the same series. I mean, you're right. So F1 F1 has done a huge a huge marketing push in the United States since really 2017 when the yeah well I think it's 2017 Liberty Media took it over. So they've been really, really pushing, you know, you've got Zach Brown, who is the CEO of McLaren. He's an American and he's a marketing guy. And he's a yeah. genius at that. Yeah. You know, not had, from Zach Brown band folks, just saying, you know, no, <laughs> it'd be cool if it was though. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's a pretty interesting cat. And, you know, he also, they also, you know, McLaren's heavily involved in IndyCar here in the U.S., Right. I'm a big, I'm an IndyCar fan too. Again, I like open wheel and endurance stuff. Um, you know, so they, they do a lot to cross promote. There's actually a few years ago, Fernando Alonso, who's extremely talented, extremely well known driver, not so much in the United States, but around the world. He's a two time Formula One champion. He actually didn't drive the Monaco Grand Prix so he could go contest the Indy 500, and he damn near won it. Oh wow! The car gave up on him at the last. And that's a whole race. different style of driving and everything. It is, you know? and the dude just got in and was fast, and it didn't take him long to pick it up. I mean, he's an yeah. except, he's a ridiculously exceptional. Well, I'd have to. Th- I would have, once again, I, I'm being ignorant here, but I'd have to think that if you can drive F1 in those conditions at those speeds with those turns, and, and that's driving, then being yeah. on an oval is almost easier for them because when they do get in the tight groups, like they're not going to be. Yeah. Is nervous. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, people say that and they think that, but most F1 drivers will tell you point blank they have zero interest in drag getting in an Indy car. 
because they're like, we're not getting on ovals. They're they're yeah. terrified of them. They're like, why well, would people I want don't to realize how steep the banks are, you know? Well, that and you go like at Indy, you're going to get experienced drivers who are you know used to going three and four wide at yeah. approaching 240 miles an hour. Yeah, that's insanity. And it takes almost a perfect line, you know, on each yeah. turn, or you're going to get passed by everybody, you know. And the thing about Indy cars, Indy cars are so Indy cars a spec series. Everybody has. You know, same chassis and kind of like NASCAR. It's pretty much up to the driver at that point. Yeah, the problem with IndyCar is there's no power steering and certain assists in IndyCar, so you are literally fighting that car at 230 plus miles an hour the whole time. Screw that. Whereas F1 cars (laughs) do have assisted steering because of how fast they maneuver and move. I mean, people don't realize yeah. how fast these things load G and unload and how quick they turn oh, and rotate yeah. and all that. There's a lot yeah. that goes into that. Yeah. There's also why F1 cars can get very, very minimally damaged. They just don't work anymore yeah. because they're on such a, they're on such a ragged edge. If they're not there, well, they everything is aluminum and everything's fiberglass and all this stuff. It's literally an engine surrounded by like, like the lightest shit they can put in there just to make it faster, right? It's it's literally like as it's literally the vast majority of the car is all carbon. I mean, yeah. it's all it's a giant carbon tub. It's all carbon components. You know, they don't they use the lightest alloys, really yeah. exotic stuff they possibly can. I mean, there's a lot. You're talking about an average. They're, they're probably two and a half, three million, up to four million, five million dollars per car, or what? I don't know. Keep going. The engines are ten mil a piece. The, the engines are ten mil a piece. Holy cow! So the current powertrain in Formula One averages ten point five million dollars per motor. Per motor. That's nothing else. That's just the motor. So that's a one point six liter oh, single turbo yeah. V six. It's a high revving that has a. So there's a. They're called power units in Formula One because it's not just an internal combustion engine. Yeah. There's also the turbo pack, and there's also the hybrid system the electric yeah, hybrid system sure. is powered by all that it's i all figure that's kind of where it's together. going isn't it probably yeah that's kind of all series are going more and more into that yeah. um you know i'm not gonna lie i miss the days of screaming the you know screaming v10s i grew up during you know the Cena. obviously i'm a schumacher fan that you know schumacher you know watching him as I grew up and was yeah. really into this, watching him. See, you know, I know who Michael Schumacher. I don't. You know, yeah, but I mean, everyone knows that name. And, I mean, uh, you know, he's the first billionaire athlete. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, yeah, before, before we get it, dive deep into this, I do want to go through. We, we speaking of racing, we we have a little thing we're going to do rapid, the rapid response. We call it the pit. You know, go go into the pits and uh, do it as quickly as we can. So, real quick, um, automatic or manual. I mean, for daily convenience, automatic, for an experience, a manual. Yeah, yeah. Are you a, uh, a muscle car guy or a drift car guy? Uh, I do like classic American muscle. Yeah. I do. There's something about the cool-ass, you know, Hondas and Nissans that they do the drifting. And there's just them I do cool, enjoy all that. It's just... I like the I sound. Ooh, I mean, just, like, you got to love it. It's. I mean, I'm a kid of the South, dude. You know, right, muscle cars. Right. Uh, sports car or pickups? Being from the South of Alabama, I mean, you know, utility of trucks never going to be debated. However, come on, who doesn't want to drive a sports car over a truck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is not going to be necessarily a rapid response. It very well could be. Um, 
dream car. Money's not an issue. Dream car. I know we kind of talked about this before. Yeah, I mean, there's a, yeah. You know, if it was going to be, if it was going to be one, just one single car. And actually, me and some buddies were talking about this the other day at one of the shows I was at. Well, let me, let me put it to you this way: your dream car that you would actually drive, not just yeah. have as like oh, sitting I mean, in a, you know a thousand miles a year or something. If that, yeah, you know? if I could if I could physically afford a you know a Ferrari 250 GTO or a okay. Ferrari you know like a 58 Testarossa, which is a 250 based car. You know, I know we've kind of talked about this before. I would absolutely drive it. You know, if I have forty million dollars laying around, I didn't care about, it and I could afford it, you better believe I'm driving it. Yeah, and that's a, that's going to be track toys. You know, we are we are a lot of the same. You talk about the, the '58 Testarossa, and you know yeah. that my dream car is probably that '58 uh, three five six Speedster. You know, of course, and yes, and they're um, gorgeous. Uh, they're just gorgeous, and, and and you know the funny thing is, is like I'm I know there's a lot of people in the car world that frown upon kit cars. But you know what? Like, there's something cool. Like, I know I'm never going to be able to afford a $250,000 Speedster. I, I get that. That's yeah. the starting price. The starting price. Um, you but know, I can't I, I afford one of those kit car speed, like one of those spider speed. But I can't. But cool. I can go and spend forty grand on a a kit car on a VW uh, chassis, and, and, yeah. and you can put whatever engine. A lot of people actually keep the old Beetle engines yep. in there because they sound like those sound. old Speedster. Yeah. And, and you yeah. can drive the shit out of those and never have to worry about anything. And, and that's what I'd want to do. Like, I'm a guy, when I get a car, I, I don't want to show a car. I want a car I drive, you know? Yeah. I will tell you, if I could only have one car, period, dot. Like, here's your one play yeah. toy car. Yeah. As much as a, you know, it, I'm a, I do rather enjoy the Porsche family stuff, too. Sure. Sure. It would, I would have Singer build a car for me. You think I have, so? I'd take my Porsche donor, and it'd be probably, I'm not sure which family 911, but it's going to be an air-cooled manual. Yeah. You know, naturally aspirated. 986, to, that kind of style, or what are, you, what are you thinking? I don't know. I mean, probably... There's something about that 986 era. era there is. I do awesome, like that. You know? I like that whole era. But yeah. something in the, you know, something in the previous air cooled, naturally aspirated generations of Porsches. Yeah. Have a, you know, have a, have a, you know, Singer do their insane attention to detail on it because that's a car that you can drive and it'd be yeah. enjoyable. That's a car you can put on a track and absolutely yeah. ring it out and have fun. Oh, for sure, for sure. And it's going to last. It's going to take the abuse you give it, and it's going to be relatively affordable to keep running. Yeah. You know, there's, there, there's a, a, a pretty distinct line, a lot, in the, I think, in a lot of people in the, in the supercar world. Ferrari or Lamborghini, and I was going to ask you Ferrari or Lamborghini, uh, but I know that answer. You're a big Ferrari guy. Um, but what do do you do? You like Lamborghini at all? I mean, or, I do. Is that something I mean, that you enjoy? I'm not anti Lamborghini at all. I mean, you yeah. know, I. It's just the it's the history and the styling. I like the styling cues of yeah. Ferrari better than Lamborghini. To me, Ferrari's more timeless. Lamborghini's more on the edge. Yeah, that's, not, that's probably fair. Yeah, I'm not anti-Lamborghini, but it seems like Lamborghini in the last several years, because the Germans are involved, because it's owned by a yeah. group, they are much more reliable cars than they ever used to be, and they don't try to kill you anymore. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's like that took some of the aspect of them away. 
Yeah, you know, I I love Ferrari, um, but I'm a Lambo guy. You know, if I had to choose, yeah. I just love the the look of the Murcielago and the Diablo, and I like the um, Mercies. The Mercies are really just the, beautiful. I think that was the really. I think the Mercy was probably the last great V12 Lambo. I think, I think it will. I think it will be the last great V12 Lambo. I don't yeah, think well, that I mean, you will see one down the road because uh, I think that they're probably even going to go hybrid eventually. You know, they're going all electric by a certain time frame. Yeah, that's um, terrible. Yeah. They have, well, did so you hear the Harley better. Davidson's going all electric? Do you hear that? Oh yeah, but they're, it's Harley. It's a bunch of old people. Yeah, they're trying to appeal to younger crowds. Everybody's dying off at like Harley. Yeah, Andrew says Lamborghini's too heavy. Um, Lam- yeah, Lambo's, I, they always kind of had a weight issue. Yeah, um, I think they almost had to, though. To be honest with you, I think yeah. that, that, that with 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 that rear to mid engine, I think yeah. you almost had to have a little bit of weight, or you wouldn't be able to control it. Like, there's no way you'd be able to control that. Well, I mean, old Lamborghinis are not. That's, that's the reason there's a raging bull in the front of them. They were known yeah. to be to drive like one. Yeah. The you know, I'll, let's be honest. Anything that Horatio Pagani helped design at some point, <laughs> yeah, is probably a pretty okay piece of machinery. Yeah, and I do enjoy Lamborghinis, and I would not turn my nose up if somebody, you know, if I rolled one, rolled up right now, somebody threw me the keys. Yeah, you know, but I think that Mercy generation is going to be your last great true yeah, twelve. I, do I mean. Too. You do have, and, and I think that's why the Mercedes are keep going up and up and up in values. I think even the, the public realizes that might be the last great one. So I mean, the Mercedes, yeah. I mean, you can't find them anymore for for I mean, quote unquote reasonable price. You know, no, especially gated manuals. Gated manuals mm-hmm. are insane. Um, you know, the Aventador's nothing wrong with that car. The Aventador is extremely good. Car. The Hurricane's a sweet looking car, but man. Yeah. I mean, the Aventador is a V12. It was assessed with a Mercy, but it's only available in an E-Gear. Yeah. And it lost some of that Lambo soul because it was more clinical to drive. It had more. Yeah. You could definitely see the German influence in that car. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the car that's coming out here soon to replace the Aventador, you know, which will probably be Lamborghini's last V12 period dot. I just think it's going to be on the same line as the Aventador. It's just going to. Yeah. It's not going to have the soul. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's, that's why I like about the Diablo is it wasn't the strongest, most powerful, fastest um, Lambo out there. But what I love the style of the Diablo, but Diablo was kind of like the Lambo that you could actually drive. You know what I'm saying? It was like yeah. you could actually drive it. I'm not saying daily drive, but because here's the thing about Lambos, which is really crazy if you think about the money you're spending on that car. Like the Lambos actually don't like being driven. Like they have, like you can't drive them a whole lot. Or there's a lot of cars that you have to drive to actually get them to work well. Lambos, they they don't like that. Or at least like the older, yeah, the older ones, they 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 did not like. But the Diablo was one of those that you could actually drive. And, and, it, and yeah. enough, I like the I like the look of the Diablos back in the day. I do too. And so, I mean, the older, like, especially some of the cool, like, downdrafts and Yoda yes, and stuff yeah. like that. Those are cool cars. Now, are you a Countach fan? Because people Honestly, go either way, you know? So, you know, if I, I appreciate what the Countach digs, it changed supercars. It changed um, what people thought of cars could be, you know? If you're probably, you know, your mid 30s to mid 40s, you either had. 
you either were in love with a Countach or you were in love with an F40. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's an F40 all day for me. Yeah. Well, there's, I'll put you this way. Um, I was, I remember for the first time really like noticing cars and when I was a kid with TV shows and movies and all that. Now I'm not going to lie. Watching Magnum PI, who doesn't love a bright red Ferrari, right? You know what I'm saying? Like 308, you know, man. That's why 308. I'm, I'm, and, and, and they're worth more now than they ever have been. Yeah, and, and then you have, and it's, but, but it's, but it's, but it's Magnum's car, you know? It is. Oh, I mean, I would take a 308 all day right now. Just 100%. Of the iconicness of it. It's just, and then the Countach was it's not a where, very good one. <laughs> it's not a very good one, but the Countach, you know, a lot of people don't realize that that Countach. Um, when it it basically kind of date that it debuted on Cannonball Run, like they paid a lot yep. of money to get the first four and a half five minutes of Cannonball Run to be the Countach. And you know what's so funny about the Countach? It was amazing. It's like, oh my god! Um, but I yep. think now, like back then in what 1981 when Cannonball Run came out, yep. like that Countach was like so futuristic, and it was like that's kind of weird. But you look at it now, and you're like, I, if, if that car was released right now, it would blow like the smoke off everything else. It, it, it is actually like a beautiful, like that design over 40 years, you know. Oh, it's 30, timeless. It's timeless, you know. But again, you know, Pagani was involved with that car. Just like, so, I mean, if you look at that, if you look at the time frame of that car, the Countach is timeless for what it for as yeah. aggressive as it was. The F forty again is a timeless car for for what it was. Yep. Honestly, the nine elevens of that era. The nine elevens. Uh, well, I, I'm a big nine eleven like late eighties, like the eighty eight to ninety one, ninety two. Yeah. Maybe even back like the eighty six. There's some really cool eighty six nine elevens. Man, the eighty six um, wide body big yeah. wheel tail. Yeah. Turbo. That thing was. Wicked. I think that's honest. what took the 911 to the next level. To be honest with you, um, it did. I mean, the early 90s, like the roof, you know, come on, mm-hmm. the yellow bird, that kind of stuff. And then the GT3 changed Porsche. Honestly, it changed the game. It 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 it, 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 t- it took Porsche. And the GT3, you know, is one of those one of once again. It's it's quote unquote the, an affordable, drivable supercar. You know. Yep. Um, but that GT3 took Porsche to a whole it's like new level. It took it out of the sports car world and put it yes. in the supercar world. 100%. Uh, the I saw, a, I saw cars. one. I mean, as much as some yeah. of the Porsche diehard guys will be like, oh, no, you know, Porsches are sports cars. They, Which, they are. And they are the pinnacle of a good sports car. So, like, what, what do you consider to be a supercar? Is it that 200-mile-an-hour line is that what it takes a supercar in your I mind? Supercars generally, you know, I don't, you know, supercars aren't going to be a mid-engine they're going to be, you know, tubular or some kind of like yeah. you know, carbon monocoque. You yeah, know, they're not a, they're not a, they're not a, they're, know, they're not a drivable everyday driver. They're not an car everyday either. car. No. Yeah. You know, now there are people that daily drive these. I mean, you got daily driven exotics has made a living off of that. Yeah. I'm not saying you can't do that. It's just, you know, the Porsche was the car that you could enjoy every day. Yeah, and you could get a GT3 and enjoy this thing every day. Now GT3 yeah, you RS can. is a little different. Well, that's that's that, that's, that's a more a, aggressive. That's a super. That, 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 that is a, super a true supercar. One hundred percent a GT3 RS. Yeah. A yeah. cool Ren Sport Porsche is a supercar. 
Yeah. No, yeah. the Finch dad says, I grew up in the 80s and 90s and not much on supercars over the muscle cars. I did love the 911 with the wide body and the slant nose conversions, as well as the Pantera. Um, he says the 87 Buick GNX is... Cool. Yeah, they are. Uh, he's, the 87 Buick GNX is all-time dream car, though. I mean, I wouldn't turn my nose up at a Grand National either. Mean, who, who wouldn't? I mean, you're talking... But, but you're talking about a car that... Like it's not it's cycle. it's not it's not a sleeper car, but it kind of is. You know what I'm saying? Dude, you know I remember saying? the first time I ever saw a, a, a Grand National up close. Buddy of mine's dad, who was, you know, he was a serious gearhead, you know. Like it looks like it should be fast, cars. but you don't realize how really fast they are, you know. Well, no, but it looked like a old man Monte Carlo. Yeah. Basically. And you're like his dad was like, you know, super weird about his car. The first time I saw it, I was like, it's a Buick, I you know I didn't know what a Grand yeah. National was at the time. I was like, <laughs> well, you think of Buick, or, you think the old Grandma Grandpa yeah. Park Avenues, you know? I was like my grandma's got one of those. I, don't <laughs> know, I was like thirteen, and then I was like, ooh, he pulls the hood up. I'm like, wow, that's a really big turbo. Yeah. Hold on a minute, you know. Then I then he you know first then time he ever started, it. yeah. And I was like, ah, uh, I got I get you. you. I know yeah. what this is. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's let's do this one real quick. This will be a fun one. Trans Am or GTO? Ooh, that was hard. That's a tough and one because I have a special place in my heart for Trans Ams. Yeah, briefly owned one. Well, yeah, did I you like, really? Yeah, I'm a Trans Am guy. I like. Yeah, and especially Trans Ams over Firebirds. It's just something yeah. To go. I I want the fire. I want the stupid chicken on the hood. You gotta that. have the thunder chicken, man. You you gotta have it. You gotta have it on there. My yeah. grandfather, um, he GTO was always one. too big for me. That was my thing. Yeah, my mom's very first car, kind of blocky almost. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a little too blocky. My first car was a '67 Firebird. She refused to drive it because it was a stick. And my mom to this day has not learned how to drive a manual. Yeah. Yeah, my yeah, grandfather had one, and uh, I always wanted that to be my my first car. And he died when I was thirteen, and my aunt ended yeah. up getting it, and uh, which was fine. And it, you know, it's my aunt; she's his daughter. Uh, yeah. He did leave he did leave some money for me to get a first car. I ended up getting a '65 Mustang. Uh, it was this, you know, we spent a few thousand dollars and spent the next couple of years, you know, putting <laughs> some money into it and all that, and and all that. It was great. But so Mustang or Camaro. Uh, early Camaros, old, old, old or new, I guess. You like know. first gen. Yeah, I, I like. I mean, I do like Mustangs. Don't get me wrong. Especially like you know the early, like especially like sixty seven, sixty eight era Mustangs. Are you talking like, like the fastbacks, Mach one. Yeah, that era? I'm a big yeah, fastback okay. Mach ones. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, the bosses. Sure. You know, yeah, that era. That sixty nine Mach one was a badass car. Yeah, I will say. Is that the one that McQueen drove? Was a sixty nine? Was a sixty eight. Sixty eight. Okay. Was the bullet? The bullet. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm a sucker for greens. So I like that car. Yeah. Right. You know, I do like. I would, if between the two, I do like early first gen Camaros, and I probably would. You know, I was a big Camaro kid growing up. I like Camaros a lot. Now modern cars. Yeah. I think the Camaros are dog ass ugly. I hate the new generation Camaros. See, I actually I actually think well, okay, let me put it this way. I think that the newest, the latest era style of the Camaro is much more attractive than the latest Mustang era style. 
Yeah, uh, see, I like the new Mustangs. See, I, I'm not a big fan of them. I, 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 don't, I just, I don't know. I don't it's know. always going to buy one right now. I mean, from 2010-ish, I think it was, what, 2010, they brought the Camaro back? Yeah. From 2010 Ford, I would take the Ford all day over the Chevy. I think it's a better built car all yeah. Yeah. through and through. It's yeah. just, the Camaros are ugly. They're heavy. They're blocky. You can't see out of them. They're just... I mean, I know Mustang's got a bad rap because every douche canoe that thinks he can drive gets behind a Mustang and wrecks it. And, you <laughs> right. know, gets a stupid YouTube video made about him. Then uh, they deserve def- it. Yeah, absolutely. Defense Dad says my daily driver though was a '72 Skylark that ran yeah. upper ten, ran upper tens when he got finished with it. Oh snap! Uh, that's a strong. That's that's strong. Um, it was the only. It was well. It was when gas was eighty-seven cents, so I could afford to drive it. That's true. Man, I remember twenty dollars was a good night. Yeah, you put you put a little bit of gas in. You go, you get something to eat. You go to a movie or something. Now we're talking yeah. about we're seriously old people. Now yeah, twenty dollars. I can't. Yeah. I can't. You can't go. You you can't go to McDonald's for twenty dollars anymore. I mean, it's it's pushing it. Like I remember when I was in high school. We would go to Taco Bueno or Del Taco, and you could literally feed ten people for ten dollars. Literally, yeah. And then you Taco can't, Sunday, you was can't do thing. anything. You can't do anything. Like, you used to get like fifty cent taco burgers at Del Taco. Yep. I mean, you could literally feed people like twenty five cent burritos. Yeah, I mean, and and you can feed ten people for ten dollars and you can't do you ten dollars might get one person fed these days you know well I mean even let's think, let's be really honest even like 15 years ago when the dollar menu was still a, like an actual dollar menu yeah now it's called a value menu because they can't even they can't even keep their their straight face talking about a dollar menu <laughs> like when we were teenagers we would like we had a Wendy's like got right down the road from us yeah, and for like five bucks, we could eat like a king every week, like every night. Yeah, oh yeah, like, oh hell yeah, yeah. Uh, Wes says he go, uh, we go the Mustang and Shelby Mid American Nationals here in Tulsa every year in June. That'd be kind of that'd be fun to go to. Uh, yeah, really fun. Wes said that in high school he could fill up his uh, gas tank for less than ten dollars. Oh yeah, for sure. It was when I was in high school. Like you're talking about a gallon of gas being like I remember when like premium was like eighty five cents a gallon like premium. Oh yeah, and, I mean uh, I remember being a kid, you know, absolutely filling up for less than a dollar. You yeah, know, when yeah. I was when I was old enough to drive, it was you know it was a little over a dollar, but it wasn't crazy. Yeah. Now Gary says, "Listen, these whippersnappers talk about being old, please." Now here's the thing, Gary was on Lewis and Clark's expedition to the West. He was used to the but the, the, the horse and carriage. So that's true. I mean he was um, there when Henry Ford unveiled the bottom. He was team. he was there when Henry Ford was born, probably. So, you know. Um Yeah. He remembered the original Benz. So I learned something. Did you know that the first electric car was built like in the eighteen hundreds? Yep. I didn't know that until recently. That's interesting. It's amazing what happens when the, the, the Henry Fords of the world uh, that take a combustible engine and say, we need oil and gas. and Yeah. Well, um, it had better range than the electric cars did. Well, it, it did, but what would happen, what would happen if, if Henry Fords, if the Model A's and the Model T's and all that were electric? It would be interesting to see what the world would look like with electric cars for the last 150 years versus gas. You know what I'm saying? 
that'd be terrible because I would never hear what a glorious Italian V12 sounds like. Yeah. Or you never hear what you know an amazing American V8 sounded like. Yeah, Gary. Gary says, "See you next month." Yeah, he'll be at Indy for uh, in Ram. Speaking of Indy, we're doing the bullet yeah. run. Um, so if you guys are going to be going to Indy for in Ram, we're just going to be in Indy that weekend at all. Uh, I, I did start a thing called the Bullet Run. It's going to be kind of fun little rally slash scavenger hunt. Um, and the, the finish line is going to be in the parking lot of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And a matter of fact, I, I've got a conference call with um, people may, may or may not know this. I'm a golf pro by, cha- by trade. There is a golf course in Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and I've reached out to the golf pro. They don't actually open up the doors until that weekend uh, because it's usually too cold in Indianapolis to play golf during the winter. Uh, now, their, their staff will be there about, uh, well, actually about next week. They'll be out there about a month ahead of time. They literally open the doors that Friday. Uh, that, that's the first weekend that the golf course will be open. Uh, but I've got a, a, a message in for the golf pro when he gets in next week to call me. And what I want to do is to see if we could use his parking lot is the finish line. So it's kind of a cool thing. But, um, but yeah, yeah, we're going to have the, the bullet run. We'll finish up in the parking lot of Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It'll be kind of cool. It'd be cool if we could talk our way in and let us, you know, let everybody have a chance to, like, kiss the brakes at the end of it. It would be cool. Now, I wanted to um, go to the museum. That's I would love cool to have the museum be the finish line, and because that's inside the uh, the infield. I mean, it's yep. actually it, you actually, but I think the parking is still outside. Um, yeah, the parking's outside. So, but but you know, maybe you know, maybe we'll be able to do something. I'll talk to the guy. I don't know how much pull the golf pro has in Indianapolis Motor Speedway, but we'll find out. Yep. Um, Defense Dad says, hell, in 1957, we had the technology to get 50 miles per gallon, but the big oil company squashed. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, big oil is – the reason why uh, the electric car craze has only become really big in the last 15, 20 years, the last 100 years, the oil companies in, in Detroit squashed all that, you know. Well, electric cars are only to what it is now anyway because they're allowed to be. Yeah, because there's yeah. so much money in the battery packs and components and that type of thing. That's it. I mean, let's be honest. We've had hydrogen technology forever, too, but they keep that squashed yeah. because that's no money in that. Yep. Yep. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, and, and honestly, you know, the, the, the Priuses of the world that were kind of like the first ones to kind of kick off the whole hybrid thing. Mm-hmm. But it took, it took someone like Elon to basically say – fuck the government and fuck everybody else. Like, let's do this. And I don't care if they want us to do it or not. Um, it took the wall, that kind of barrier to be kicked down. I'm not saying that Elon was the one, but, you know, Elon was, was there. He made it cool. To, he made it cool to sit there and He's say, Look, we can move. make, yeah. we can make electric cars that don't look like, you know, these dumbass boxes. Like we can actually make them pretty cool and, and we can make them fast and we can, you know, I saw. I'm, I'm not a big uh, Jay Leno fan at all, but Jay Leno's garage is pretty cool. And I was watching an episode not too long ago, maybe a month or so ago, and he was pulling up talking to someone. I can't remember what it was, and um, he pulled up in a '78 Chevy C10 pickup, but he had converted to all electric, and it was running about a thousand horsepower. And that thing was amazing. We're talking, 
like zero to sixty and two point eight. I mean, and this is a C ten. You know, and yeah. it's, it's got the body of a C ten. It is a C ten. Talking about a sleeper, you know. <laughs> battery packs. Battery packs are heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they only last what they say ten years at the most. At the most, I mean. And you're talking you know, about twenty grand probably for a new set of battery packs. Yeah, you might as well just like you know if you have a Tesla and it dies or any of the more modern just get another one. Cars, you might as well just go buy another one because the battery pack is going you know be twenty, yeah. thirty, forty grand depending on what you exactly. got. Exactly. Yeah. That's the big conundrum right now for people who have a you know a mid twenty teens era you know. Porsche Prius. 918. Oh, okay. A, yeah, I think the one a Ferrari, La Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, a La Ferrari. Ferrari yeah. Because yeah. they're all coming up on the. That's the about the time. Yeah. That La Ferrari was a pretty damn cool car. I'm not going to lie, but you're it right. Is. Like, if you've got one and you and you still got it or you're getting ready to buy one, uh, you. I'll put it this way if you're, if you're thinking about buying a La Ferrari right now, you might want to ask that question about the battery. Yeah, I mean, Just that's saying. the thing everybody's doing now. So basically, like, if you have one of these Halo cars, you know, and they were the Holy Trinity and they are still... Absolutely. No, no, no. Absolutely. 100%. If, you, if you're looking to purchase one or not, if you have one, your battery replacement is basically going to be like what the current street price of the production cars are. Yeah. yeah. You know, for what the Ferrari, for what you're maintenance on changing that battery pack is you're going to be able to go out and buy a 296 GTB. If you have a McLaren P1, you can go out and buy a 720. Yeah. Like, that is the insanity of what these things are. But they're also, you know, they're also halo cars. They're not a, they're not a normal thing. And, you know, you're also talking about cars that, you know, you track them real hard. You got a $50,000 brake and tire job at the end of Yeah, day. and if you're looking to get into one of those, you know what you're getting into to begin with, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm not going to lie. If I had just tons of money laying around, you better believe I'd be one sitting in my personal garage. It'd be a track weapon. I'm not buying them to tool around the streets with. I'm buying them to go enjoy them. That's a whole other thing. Have you ever, you know, you and I have talked about this, but have, have you ever, like, been on a track, like a, a NASCAR or Indy-style track? Have you ever oh, yeah. either driven or ridden on one? Because I don't think people understand what those tracks are all about, you know? That's a different animal. I mean, I've, I've, never, I've never drove a oval. I mean, I've drove, like, dirt ovals and things, but, like, a, you know, a, like, I've had these, you know, the ride-along experience kind of stuff on the oval tracks, and that's all fine and good. It's cute, you know, whatever. But driver's tracks, like, actual road courses, man, it's, just, it's totally different animal. It's so much fun. And most people think they can drive until they get on the real track. Yeah, see, I most didn't. People, I, I've been on one of the ride-alongs down there in, in Orlando uh, back in, like, the late 90s. Uh, we went to Disney and we got, I got to do one of the, I think it was the Richard Petty drive along experience is what it was called mm-hmm. back in the day. Yeah. And it's a, it's a NASCAR and I'm sitting second seat. I'm not driving. You know, you've got, uh, as a matter of fact, like, I think the guy that was my driver 
had was like one of the up and comers. Like he raced like the Saturday races, not the Sunday races. I'm not sure what they're called. Like he's like the minor leagues, like AAA. And he got, he's been able to race in some of the at that time it was the Winston Cup races. But he yeah. wasn't a full time Winston Cupper. But he actually they made that's a lot of money was, doing this that's stuff. Back when NASCAR was worth watching was the Winston Cup. Yeah, yeah. When they would hit each other and you know Rubbins racing, you know that's it. <laughs> when he had when he had those drivers back in the day. Yeah. I watch NASCAR back then. That was fun to watch because yeah, they raced hard, and you know there's going to be several big wrecks. Now it's, you know, we get out with hurt feelings and things. I ain't got time yeah. for that. Well, we were we were driving. He was driving, and he he was he was he was maybe only at the time. I'm I'm like. 24, 25, so he's probably not, he might be my age, or he might have been a year or two older than me, but he was about my age, and we were talking and all that, and he was saying, hey, this is another way to make money, like, they pay us to come in and drive around and, and do this, and and all that, and I thought, that was kind of cool, he goes, yeah, it also gets me, you know, time behind a wheel, you know, yep. and obviously, you're not, I think they maxed out like 150 with us, they weren't going to go 180, 185, 200, they're going to go 150, but when I got on that first bank, in that first turn, I had no idea how steep those banks are. Yeah. And I remember, I'm sitting right seat. And so the only thing that's that's going between me and a concrete wall is this little aluminum fiberglass door or, or shell that's on the outside, you know. Mm-hmm. And he was fine. He was only going 150. But for me, like, it felt like that car was loose and could be lost at any second. It was just going to slide up into that. It is terrifying. I'm not going to lie. Now, it was yeah. a drilling rush from hell, but it was terrifying, you know? Like, if if it's not mildly terrifying, it's not real. This is true. This is true. Yeah, I, I would have been supremely disappointed if he was taking him at 120 and everything just felt like a Sunday drive. Like, I, I wanted to be, you know. And he told me, he's like, look, we can't go to more than 150. That's like insurance and all that. We, like, we can't go to more. But I want to get it to 150. You know, like, well, I want to give you I'm gonna give you a run. I was like, hey, let's do this. You know, I told him, look, I've jumped out of planes and helicopters. Like, I, I, I don't mind the drilling rush. And he goes, well, we can't do very much. But I'll take it to the limit that we can take, you know. And I was like, cool. So it was cool. Like I said, yeah. if you're feeling. Now, you were talking about NASCAR kind of changing. Do you think the Earnhardt death oh, is 100%. where that changed? Big time. That's that was the beginning of the end of like NASCAR being mm-hmm. entertaining. Now, ironically, that's almost the beginning of the beginning of the height and popularity of NASCAR uh, as far as the fans coming to NASCAR. It almost took Earnhardt's death for most of America outside <laughs> of the South to find yeah. out what NASCAR was. You know, it did. And you had your pockets like. You know, in the Midwest was the same way, but you had your pockets out like in California because of like Fontana and places like that. But yeah. the average average American didn't care. Yeah. You know, and honestly, like out, outside of like the Midwest and stuff, the average American didn't care about IndyCar for a long time. A lot of Americans still don't. And it's, yeah, one of my one of my best buddies from the Marines, he died. Uh, he's not with us anymore, but he was from Indianapolis, and I remember him telling us like the town of Indianapolis for for Memorial Day weekend. Like shut down, yeah. like that was that, if you lived in Indy, like you knew that you were going to spend that weekend, and it was like a whole weekend. I don't know if it still is. But it was like a whole week oh, yeah, of week. racing, the speed weekend, and so they, yeah. they spent all week. Um, you got, like, you got qualifying. You got like there was no day, school. There was like you know, oh, no yeah. work, no school. Like no one even considered doing that because everyone in Indianapolis spent the whole week at the track. Yep. And dude, it's it's the biggest sporting event in the world. Yeah. 
It's insane. Uh, Defense Dad said, Trey, when the, the new 5 Series came out in 2004, they flew us salespeople to California, and we got to drive them on the racetracks with pro drivers. Much different. Than oh, I imagine. Um, it's way different. Like It's crazy. And, and people, like, and that's the difference, too, is, like, a road car, even a road supercar, is still a car designed for the road. Uh, Millsurf Duo said, did you hear about Ch- uh, Chase Elliott's injury today? I did not. Nope. Uh, he said oh. we did the same thing with the Z4, the Boxer, and SLK when they came out. Okay, so the SLK, okay. So I'm a Z4. Obviously, I have a Z4. I love the style mm-hmm. of the Z4. I think they're great cars. Uh, they're fun to drive. Like, they're just fun, fun-ass fun roadsters. I'm a big roadster guy. Like, the I love Z4. roadsters. The Z4, yes. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. Like, the Boxer... The Boxer's a cool car. Like it's it's it, it, I put it this way: the Boxer saved Porsche as far as the commercial car route. I think yeah. the Boxer, you know that 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 thirty thousand dollar Boxer, people could actually get into a, a Porsche, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the SL the, the SLK everybody who talks shit about Porsches or talks shit about a Boxer has never driven one, never driven one hard. Absolutely, they're fun. And, and see, I'm not a Miata guy, but they're fun as shit to drive. You know. So the Miata. I wish they, I wish they had a little the, more power. I wish they had a little more yeah. power, but that's it. You know, the Miata is automatically everybody's like, oh, if you want to have like the track big car that you can afford by the Miata, if yep. you can afford a little more by the Boxster. And you can get into a Boxster or a Z4. Well, not not today, but, you know, you know, probably 10 years ago, like you got into like a, a, a 98 Boxster, you'd be under 10,000 easily, yeah. you know. Yeah, would have some miles on it. Yeah, but you can drive yeah. the shit out of it. You know, it's a track car. I will buy it as a track car. That's what I want. I've got an 03 Z4. It's twenty years old. It's got right at a hundred thousand miles. The guy had it, by the had it before. Didn't drive it hardly ever, but that thing is so much fun. It's basically a brand new engine. It's got that M fifty four engine. That thing will yep. last me as long as I maintain it. It'll last me forever, and I'll drive the shit out of it and not care, you know. Yep. But the SLK, like go with the SLK, that Mercedes little convertible that they kind of had that was going to be the the, the Boxster. It, it, it got such a bad rap, but I've got a friend of mine that has one, and he bought it about five years ago. And he drives it every now and then. He fucking loves that thing. Um, I don't know why it got a bad rap, but it got a hugely bad rap back in the day. It's, it was never, like, I never personally cared for that car. It's, it's an ugly car to me, but it, they, they say it's a fun-ass car to drive. I had a I had a customer of mine back in the day that had one. He bought it, like, new, but, you know, back in the late 90s early 2000s and i mean you know up like when i you know left what i was doing like mid 2019 he still had that thing and i've you know i've known him for years at this point and he drove shit out of that car and loved it i mean he's my height too he might have actually been an installer i don't know how the hell he fit in that thing. i don't either but he drove the hell out of that thing and loved yeah. it yeah I, I, I the funniest thing's gonna happen when we're in indy is i'm gonna have you with a top up in my car have you I'm get in. it I don't, I don't think you can get in it that I, it, it's hard for me to get in. I'm I'm small. Z three, I know because I had a teacher that had one, and I moved the car a couple times for, her and I couldn't physically drive it yeah. to the top up. Yeah, no, it, it's, it'll be it'll be fun for you. I'm gonna get that on I, video. A couple buddies that had Miatas, I've gotten in, and I can't with the top up. Yeah, uh, Millsurp Duo says uh, Elliot injured his leg today in a snowboarding accident, and has to have surgery. Well, that's not good. 
Um, Wes says, I just read a biography on Bill France Sr., the father of NASCAR. Interesting man at the time when NASCAR started. NASCAR, like, talking about the South, like, it, it is the bootleggers, like, the bootleggers cars that were the there to out, outrun the cops. That's how yep. it started, you know? 100%. Uh, Defense Dad says the SLK developed a rap uh, reputation of being a girl car like the Lexus S430. So um, the Boxster. The I mean, Boxster did too. The Boxster, the Boxster was a girl's Porsche. That Boxster's fun was, as shit to drive though, man. Well, the, what happened was back in that point in time, you started having the, you know, guys really getting interested in GT3s and that type of thing and not only yeah. the turbos, and that was really the major ascension of Porsche in the United States. And so that was how they got their allocation. Buy yeah. my wife a Boxster, and I get the 911. And I get, I it, yeah. Now, here's also the other part of it is I think that owning a Boxster now is much more accepted than it was back then. But back yeah. then, not only being the wife's Porsche, but it was also, oh, you can't afford a real Porsche. But the, but they didn't understand was that was Porsche's whole thing. That was the stepping stone Porsche. Like that was the one saying, look, not everyone can afford a hundred and twenty thousand dollar nine eleven, but you can afford the baby Porsche. You know, uh, yep. that's got the 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 either the four you get into a six, but it was usually they were four cylinders. No, they were they were turboed four cylinders, uh, but they were a good little four cylinder. But you could get into it for at the time like thirty thirty five grand. Um, and Dude, what, what, what happens with that is you buy that and then you end up getting the 911 so they were actually brilliant in that way you know oh yeah I mean let's do, like right now currently you know the Cayman is just you know the Cayman is the sister of the Boxster and the Cayman's a fantastic car like that's honestly the Cayman's like, for a, the money's one it's of the probably, best it's, cars it's, I was going to say it's probably the best everyday driving Porsche out there but yeah. honestly one of the best looking more modern cars is that came in GT4 RS. I think it's wicked. Well, any of the RS series are going to be pretty wicked. Let's just let's yeah. Just I mean, honest, well, the regular you know. GT4 is a cool car, but the GT4 yeah. RS is like, it checks all the boxes if you're a driver. Now the Finch Dad's bringing up the 308. He said the Ferrari 308 was fun. I had to squeeze into those cars. I had to make my sh- take my shoes off yep. to operate the pedals because they were so tight. Well, they were the racing pedals. Like that's. You know, once again, Ferrari Super small footwells. Yeah, but that's but that's 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 the racing side of Ferrari. That's yeah, that's just what it is. And, and they're still uh, they're still not normal pedal. You know, uh, they're, they're still pretty tight. They're they're better now. Yeah, they're uh, tight. But they're but they're still gonna have. That's kind of paying homage to the the racing side of Ferrari because that. Let's be honest, Ferrari. Was a racing company, you know. It is. Enzo built road cars to find. Enzo, yeah, that's that's exactly right. Enzo, um, and and let's be honest. I think that you talk about the the Carroll Shelby's of the world. I mean, you know, he built Enzo Enzo Ferrari. Enzo Ferrari is the godfather of sports cars. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Um, he did it the right way. He did it, you know, talking about, hey, I don't care how much this costs. Let's get it done. And if someone built a better something better, like a week later, he had a new car out. You know, he yeah. was like, uh, uh-uh, nope, nope, no one's going to overtake us. You know, you know, and that was kind of a cool thing about the whole Ford versus Ferrari is I think that there was a respect that he had for Shelby. 
I think he had the respect of Shelby saying, look, um, you did it, man. Like, you did it. And congratulations. Now, I'm going to beat your ass eventually. But, you know, that was a cool thing about Enzo is he respected someone taking a chance, you know. They were both, you know, old school racers and they respected Because, I mean, Enzo, you know, drove back way back when. Yeah. You know, Uh, but that's that's a different era, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He said he was 6'2", 300 pounds back then. Sitting into a 308 uh, with the top up must have been fun. It's 6'2", 300. Must have been fun with the top up. I mean, most of those cool vintage cars are pretty rough. In yeah. general, because people are just smaller back then anyway. I mean, I'm 6'3", yeah. so, you know, I already look like a, gosh, I'm a freaking clown car to begin with. That's but, the cool thing about being small, is sports cars are built for smaller people, you know? Yeah. Um, we well, used to see, you know, used to see Alex Alvin try to climb in an F1 car. He's six foot tall. And, you know, he's a giant on the grid. Everybody else is, you know, they're short guys. Well, most of, most of the drivers are that 5'8 to 5'10, you know. Yeah. More towards a 5'8, you know. Well, there's freaking uh, Goober jumping in. What's that? But, yes, but yes, Lamborghini was a tractor company before it was a car company. Uh, he oh. says, forget the cars. I want the Lamborghini yep. tractor. I mean, you know, like, if that was a thing, how <laughs> badass would that be? Oh, no, Lamborghini is a tractor company, 100%. They still build tractors. They still build them? To this day, they build tractors. I didn't think they still built them. Nope. Like, to this day, and they're expensive tractors, but they still build them. The, uh, I remember I remember seeing, uh, I don't remember if it was American Pickers. I don't remember. Long, it was a while ago. They, 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 they got a call from this lady, like, in Iowa, right? Yeah. And um, they had a Lamborghini tractor there it was an old one like old one yeah but then they were called because like this lady's husband had died and he had these cars and this barn and all i'm on a bar find and uh a bunch of cars like old jags and and all this stuff well one of them was by the way like the old jags like the cool ass roadster jags you know yeah but uh he had gotta say like jeremy clark yeah yeah um but they had this. He, they had a. a, a is there a fifty-seven? I think it was a fifty-seven, uh, three-five-six speedster, right? But it had hadn't been touched forever. It was old. It really hadn't. It needed a, a lot of love and attention and all that. And mm-hmm. so they come down and and she was only asking like you know hey for fifty thousand you know and they're like oh shit you know, but they also knew what it was right. Yeah, and they and she didn't know what it was, right? And so they're like, "Look, this is a car that needs to be like this is this is a million dollar car, ma'am." And she's like, "Really?" And she's like, "It doesn't even run and all that." And she goes, "No, no, 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 no. Like it's it's a million dollar car." They ended up getting a hold of Jerry Seinfeld, and people that know Jerry Seinfeld is a huge Porsche guy. He hates Porsches. Can't stand them. Yeah, yeah, can't stand Porsches, but the, he owns like twenty of them, you know, and like the most rare Porsches, right? It is normal Porsches. He has no, 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 weird he, like one off, like super well, special. dude. He so he comes to Iowa in this barn and this talkless old lady offers her one point two million on the spot, and she's like, I don't understand what's going on. Like I had no idea. I don't think my husband knew. He was oh, he knew, 
you know, he knew. <laughs> Sam was like, oh, he knew. He knew exactly what he had. He knew what um, it was. That's why it's still here in indeed. That's why it's here. Exactly. That's why it's been in a barn covered up and, and all that. And, and uh, he ended up buying it for like, he had for like 1.2 minutes. Obviously, she took it. It's probably, it was probably worth more than that. He lowballed her, I'm sure, because he knew that she did. But he was also fair. Like, look, I could offer you, I, I paid the 50000 but it's a million dollar car, you know. Um, he bought, he bought it and it was the coolest thing. Like they found this, this original, everything matched original speedster in some barn in Iowa. And the lady only wanted 50 grand out of it and had no idea she was sitting on a million dollar car, you know? Yeah. It was just nuts. It's just cool stuff like that. Let's see here. Um, look up the Lamborghini spark. So let's see here. Well, defense dad was talking a minute ago about like the Lotus. I've been fortunate enough to get in a few Lotus, like and, a spree or what? Uh, like these are more modern, like a Lons and a Lease. Oh, okay. You know, I have been in a spree. Yeah, leases are pretty drive. cool. The leases are pretty cool. Yeah, I never had to drive in a spree. I got to get in one one time, but a spree's always had a reputation for being notoriously difficult to drive. Yeah, and I always thought that was like for me the spree was all or the. The three was always the coolest looking of the Lotus. It, it, I think so. I think to this day it still is. Now the Elise, yeah. the Elise to me is kind of the boxster of Lotus, where it was yeah. uh, well, a drivable, really an cool everyday drivable yeah. Lotus. You know, yeah, it's a Toyota Camry motor. Yeah, I mean they look really cool, and their their track cars, and for what they are for a sports car, you know. They're really cool cars because they're not terribly ridiculously expensive to maintain. Yeah. Yeah, they're reliable. Now they're known for some of their fit and finish not being that great, but it's a British company, so we expect. Yeah. But Mill Serp Dewis says, I want a World War II Jeep to restore it. I just think that that would be a cool project. I'd love to do 82 Monte Carlo or a Buick Regal NASCAR clone. That would be the rap. That would be kind of cool. If, I, if I'm going to go World War II, I think a World War II Jeep would be awesome. But if I'm going to yeah. go World War II, I'd like to get one of those old Dodge Power Wagons. I think a Power Wagon would be awesome. Like the World War II Power Wagon would be a cool as hell to restore. Those are cool yeah. trucks. I'm like, they're just beasts, man. They're, they're just beasts, bro. Like, you, there's nowhere you can't go on that thing, you know. That's true. I mean, if we're gonna go World War II stuff, I want to, you know, like a Panzer Mark IV or a Tiger. But a Tiger would be cool. But uh, yeah, I, I, I love the old Jeeps. Legal. Oh yeah, uh, I would <laughs> love to do a Jeep. But I think a Power Wagon would be badass. Yeah, I'm just not a fan of like modern Jeeps, but old Jeeps are cool. <sighs> Yeah, I had an 89 Wrangler in high school there for a couple of years. I actually kept it for a while. But I didn't drive it very long. And it was jacked up, had some Mickeys on there and all that. My buddy yeah. had an old CJ5. Yeah. That thing CJ. was a bad mom and jammer right there. That CJ5 was awesome. I think, like, after, like, the TJ family, like, Jeep just kind of lost their way. Well, I think I think what happened is, well, let's be honest, okay? They try to I make like the old road mannered cars. That's what I'm saying. That's day. what I'm saying is I like the old Jeeps because they weren't meant to be, you know, comfortable to ride in, you know. Uh, no, today's Jeeps, they, they just want to be cars with a shell on them, you know. Yeah. Have you been in like a modern Jeep and like experienced the death wobble? Uh, I've been in a couple of modern Jeeps, um, but we live in a town where the speed limit is like 35, so we don't get into that around here. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, you know, they're not made to go real fast, but like, no, no, you know, a lot of you hit like somewhere in that 70 to 90 range. Like, I mean, you're pushing that thing at that point anyway, but they start yeah. like this monstrosity wobble in them. I'm like, it is, you know, I'm not going to lie. I do tend to have a little bit of a need for speed. Oh, I have a very heavy lead foot. Uh, not that I'm like, my, my insurance will confirm that by the way. Not that I'm trying to do anything ridiculous, but you know, I like, I'm an efficient driver. I want to get where I'm going. You know, sometimes it might be a, you know, a buck 30 plus, but uh, I cannot a, confirm or deny that I, that I have been there recently. Um, you know, the story of Clover and I coming back from South Carolina. So yeah, that was funny. Let me tell you how much fun it is riding with somebody. I won't name any names, but I might have been coming back from, you know, we were talking about NASCAR. I might have been coming back from the Talladega area, and somebody may have a Raptor with a V8. Oh, snap. If you're going to get a pickup, then that's the one you got to go with, you know. And he, you know, drove it like the old man he is. Did you have to teach him how to drive? Oh, he wouldn't let anybody else drive it. I wouldn't either. uh, And I'm like, hey. Well, this is Atlanta traffic. You can you can't keep up with traffic, so we don't die. That'd be great. Or get out of my yeah. way, and let me drive, and I will. Yeah, how is the old man doing? He's doing all right. He was actually in the, in the shop for a little while today. Oh, good, good, good. Uh, Defense Dad says I I sold at a dealership that carried Mercedes, BMW, Jag, and Cadillac for ten years, so I got to drive a lot of cool cars. A lot of custom bikes, too. I'm a gearhead in addition to guns and photography. Yeah, as I said, a lot of the gun guys are, are gearheads. Um, they love cars. A lot of car guys yeah. are gun guys. Um, I'm a, As far as... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm an engineering guy. I like the engineering behind stuff. That's why, you know, guns, I'm into guns. I like cars. I like yeah. watches, all that stuff, because I'm into... I'm into the how the stuff works. And it's See, I don't understand how the stuff works. Like, literally, I... I I can change oil, change spark plugs, that the basics. Um, I have no idea how the stuff works is together. Yeah, like, like when I took my ASVAB um, back in the mid '90s, I took my ASVAB to go to the Marine Corps. They you literally the, crayon. They literally, they they literally called me and I was talking with the colonel there, and he was like, "You can have any job you want except for mechanic." Um, I didn't get a single, even guessing, I didn't even get a single question right. And I was like, he's like, we do not <laughs> you want didn't you even to get, if the fluid leaking out is red, what is it? Yeah, I mean, I, I had no idea. I know more, a little bit more now, obviously, but I didn't know Jack <laughs> at the time. Um, and I still don't know Jack. Um, I don't understand how everything works together. I don't understand. Like, we were in Tulsa, goodness, six years ago or whatever, and six, seven years ago, and Clover had to change my alternator um, in the car that I had at the time. Um, luckily, he knew what he was doing because I wouldn't have a damn clue. I mean, I probably can. I could never probably, admit that public again. I'm just saying, dude. I, when it comes to mechanics, it's like it's like reading freaking Hebrew for me. I don't know. How, I don't understand it. I don't understand how it all works. Now, could I get like instructions in a YouTube video and all that and figure it out? Yes, but I wouldn't understand what I was. Does that make sense? Like, I yeah, can no, do no, I, I just don't understand like how it's supposed. Like, what it. You know, I understand what an alternator does. And I understand all of that, but I don't know how like everything works together in this machine. You know. Yeah, and it's more difficult now with the way technology has really taken it, over. Yeah, with the electronics and all that, yeah. 
I mean, when I was a kid, you know, I was helping like my granddad and grand uncle and stuff, you know, tear down small block three fifties and things like that. That was a yeah. different time. You know, those are simple engines, but you can do so much with that motor. But now well, it's a little different now. Uh, you know, and, and like I said, I, you know, when we bought our the '65 Mustang for me when I was like 13, 14, it's been a couple of years. You know, getting ready when I turned 16. Like, I could understand a lot of that stuff because there was only about six things that could go wrong with those old engines. You know what I'm saying? Like, you kind of knew what the you problem was going to be. You self-diagnose them usually, yeah. Absolutely. Today, like, there might not be anything wrong with the car. It's just a sensor has gone out, but it makes yeah, it look it in, like, like there's anything else. You got to clear right. and change this fuse, and you're okay. You know, it's like you, you pull up, and it's like you go into your thing, and it's like, oh, you've got 14 issues with your car. And it's like, yeah. what? But you change one fuse, and that one fuse clears up all 13 other issues. And it's like... It was like a sensor or a fuse or something. It's like, holy cow. That was a problem with the Jags back in the 80s. Like, the old meaning was, if you, like my, my dad's best friend had a Jag. And the whole joke was, if you have one, you might as well own two, because one's going to be in the shop at all times. And it had nothing to do with the engineering of the car. It was That was the, the dawning of the electronic age of cars. And the electronics just, if one thing went wrong, everything else was tied into that, you know? Oh, that was British because they're all. Well, that's true. Now I'm not going to lie. There are little British cars that I'd love to have for a few years, and they fall apart because they're British. But they're old British cars. Like I mean, obviously Aston Martins. Who doesn't want an Aston Martin? Let's just oh, be yeah. honest. Well, but mean, like, I was telling. Come yeah. on. Well, I was telling oh. Clover. Uh, we were last week or whatever the last podcast we did. Um, like I would, my next car. Is I would love to see my dad had a 260 and then a 280ZX, the old Datsun Z cars. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to get into Z cars, but you can't find one for less than 30 grand now. Like they just blown up in value, which is awesome, but I'd love to get one eventually. For but I can find company? like an, but I can find like a, an, 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 like an old MG, MGB, yeah, Roadster for like six grand. You can find like a, like a Triumph TR6, which I think is a sexy ass car. Oh, for like eight cool grand, cars, you know. Man. Those Triumphs are badass little cars, man. So we have to make a trip right now. We need to talk about this, like right now. Okay, hold on, the- hold on. Mandatory carries has admitted you want a, a, a Reliant. So there is a Reliant um, that is pretty cool. It was kind of like um, it kind of looked like a beefed up Pinto, like the the bubble back. Yeah. I'm not sure what model it was. But there is a there Robin. Is, is that what it was? Yeah, that thing the is three, the three wheeler. I would buy one in a heartbeat if I could find it. Pretty damn cool. I'm not, I would just never want to own one, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. But yeah, anyways, what were you saying? Oh, just to see if I could even like make it work, just so I could oh, get in hell it. Yeah. Like I would 100 percent like just drive that for giggles. Absolutely. So if we end up, if we all end up doing Talladega again together, yeah, we need to have a day before or after we. I can take you down to Barber. Okay. Because one, you need to see the Augusta of American racetracks being a golf guy because this yeah. place is immaculate like a golf course. Oh, wow. But you need to see the museum. Okay. Because he has one of the largest private collections in the world at Barber oh, Motorsports Park. Interesting. And you name it, it's in there. Cool. Yeah. Tons of vintage motorcycles, tons of motor, modern motorcycles, tons of vintage cars, tons of vintage race cars. Oh, like. Wow. There's whole sections of like vintage Indy cars, vintage Formula One cars, like, and the thing is, like, the vast majority of that collection are running and driving, like, and oh, they wow. track them. So there's days that they, you know, okay, 
Or just take them out to make sure that they're still going, go, get some miles on yeah. and all that. Yeah. You know, getting to see John Surtees' 1961 World Championship winning Ferrari hit the track is one of the coolest things I've ever seen yeah, in my life. that'd be kind of cool. You know, one, you had to be this, you know, Clover's a giant compared to the dudes that can drive this car. Because <laughs> it's, it's little. It's literally a <laughs> motor and something just big enough for a guy to get in. Yeah. And you, when you think about these guys in the 60s, like 50s and 60s, who got in these things and ran them ragged, and how they all didn't die is amazing. Yeah. Uh, now, Defense Dad says, get a Volkswagen thing. The things are badass. I'm not going to lie. Dude, things are awesome. I almost, I was looking to buy my daughter for her first car a thing because I knew that when she left for college, we'll have to get another one, and then I would have it. But yeah. you'd be amazed at how much those fuckers cost. Oh, I like, know. They're insane it's now. stupid. Like I should have bought one, like, you know, like a buddy of mine in high school, well, one of our buddies had a thing, and one of my buddies had a, you know, it was a 60... 67 or 68 beetle that we took all over the place like i just know trust me we have taken a beetle places that there's plenty of four-wheel drives could not get just because of how capable that stupid little thing was Mm -hmm. you know i mean i'm not gonna lie like who doesn't want who doesn't want a bus who doesn't want a vw bus let's just be honest you know buses are cool you know uh Mandatory carrier was the thing, the amphibious. Yeah, that was the amphibious car. That uh, yeah. Well, it was supposed to be. They it ended up a, not necessarily a, being amphibious, but oh, the idea was there. <laughs> they made a German command car for the war, then they just made it something else afterwards, and we just pretend it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now you were talking about bikes. Are you a bike guy? I do like bikes too. I love bikes, but I'm terrified. I'll never own one. No, I shouldn't say that. I'm, I'm not terrified one. of the bike. I'm. I mean, it, look. Firstly, if you ride on the street long enough, you're going to put one down, or you're going to be in an accident. I've been on one bike, and I was like 12 or 13, and yeah. my uncle got a Harley. It wasn't truly my uncle; he was one of my dad's good friends. I just called him uncle. You know, one of those yeah. things. Uh, he got a new Harley, and. Um, he came by and he's like, well, come on. I was like, hell yeah, let's go. I was like 12 or 13, you know, jumped on the back of that thing and he laid it down. Um, and I, no, no no one was hurt. I mean, the bike was scraped up, but nothing really was bad. He just hit some loose gravel and, you know, nothing you can do about that in some situations. Mm -hmm. Um, but ever since then, I've just been absolutely terrified of bikes. Now I'll say this. I would love to own one, but I like, I'm a, I'm not a big Harley guy. I'm a huge fan. I think one of the prettiest things ever made is like an old Indian Scout. I love Indian Scouts. For some reason, yeah. I just think they're gorgeous little simple bikes, you know? Yeah, I like a lot of the older stuff like that, too. You know, some of the older Harleys I like. I'm not a big modern Harley guy. Yeah. You know, but like old Indians, Triumphs, Nortons. Yeah. I, like some of the, I like some of the BMW bikes. The, not, not, yeah. not, not like the, the Goldwing style or the Cruiser no, style, no, but no, like no, the... No. The, the actual bikes. Uh, my like daughter is a crotch rocket stuff. fan. Like my daughter is a huge, like she's she's a huge into like she likes the Hayabusa's, the 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 Kawasaki's back in the day, the Hondas back in the day, the Yamaha, all those in the eighties and and early nineties. But the, like the Hayabusa, I think that like I don't know for some reason she wants a Hayabusa. I'm like, you know, that's a two hundred mile an hour bike. Like there ain't no way. Like you're five foot one. You know, there is no way you can handle that. You know, from somebody who went down that path many moons ago. Yeah, 
you need to ride a Hayabusa before you decide you want one. Right. Yeah. Because it does. It does. No, I'm not, it's not a bad, I'm not saying it's a bad bike. It's a, it's a, it's a phenomenal bike. And for what it is, it's great. Yeah. You know, especially for me being tall, I can stretch out on just a bigger frame. Yeah. But it's made to do one thing, one thing real well. And it doesn't do some of the other stuff that you're going to do in your day to day. Yeah. It's, it, well. you don't, it, you, it's not, it, once again, it's, it, it's a supercar for the bike. It's not meant to be a daily rider. You know, it's a drag bike. It ain't made to, you know, go through the twisties and stuff. Yeah. You know, if you're uh, buying one to like try to really thrash a bike, there's better options. That's what Jigsaw 1000s are made for. Yeah. Defense Dad says my favorite bike I own was an 87 V Max. Fast as hell. I don't like sport bikes. My belly is where the gas tank needs to be. I understand. Yeah, I'm not in the shape I am in to ride super bikes <laughs> anymore. Yeah, they, uh, they're cool as hell. Uh, he says he honestly wants a Can-Am Spider. You know what? Like, so I'll get in trouble with this with the bike guys. There's something about a Can-Am that's kind of cool looking to me. I know they're like shunned upon in the, in the quote-unquote biker world. I, I would think the Can-Ams yeah. are pretty damn cool, you know? Look, the biker guy, I know, I mean, I know how it is. If you're going to cruise, the Can-Ams the way to go, let's be yeah, honest. I mean, if 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 I was going to do something, I would take a Can-Am over those damn Harley trikes any day. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, my God, those 100%. are terrible. I mean, look, yeah. man, if you're so old, you need the trike at this point in time, you should probably just hang it up. Yeah, yeah. No, there's something about the Can-Ams that are kind of cool looking. They, to me, they're like the, um, the front end kind of looks like cool. a, a, a like an old Corvette, or you know, they, they can make them the pretty cool little designs. It's very um, open wheel race car. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, it's what it is. But yeah, I, 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 maybe one day I'll I, I'd like to own an Indian. Scout. Yeah. I don't know if I'd ever write it, but if I ever did, mm. that'd be the reason that that would get me into maybe writing with because I just think those are just scout gorgeous bobbers, bikes. No, those, those are scout such, bobbers, pretty good looking car. It's a great one, uh, and they've got one. Um, one of the the um, the models you can get is like the old Army Scouts. Uh, yeah. It comes in like the OD green with like yep. the leather side bags and all that, but it's kind of like that old. It's a new bike, but they made it kind of look like one of the old army bikes. So it's it's freaking yeah. awesome looking. Faux show. Uh, I've been going an hour and a half almost. Uh, well, hour and fifteen minutes. Uh, we're gonna get out of here in about ten minutes or so. But yeah, it's it's we enjoy. I enjoy doing these. Once again, it's fun for me to just kind of talk something besides yeah. guns and all of that, but. Um, so let me ask you this Corvette, yay or nay? Are you a Corvette guy? Yeah, no. I'm not really either. Now, you, um, you start talking about uh, 69 Stingrays. You know, you get me, you get yeah. me like a 67, 68, 69. You get me, I mean, obviously, the split window would be, I mean, that's just, but like the old classic Stingrays, and there's some of the ones that like in the early 80s that were pretty decent looking, but. Like I'm, yeah. not, I'm just not a big fan of of, of Corvette. Just I'm it's not, not so much the Corvette I'm not a fan of. It's Corvette people. Well, I think that that can be said about every kind of group. It can, but I mean, I mean, I, know, I mean, and I'm in the heart of it, being in the middle of Florida where I am. So you know, it's every old boomer and their mama has a Corvette down here. Yeah, yeah. and they're all in their jorts and you know. Yeah, beady socks and New Balance tell me how great Corvettes are. <laughs> so ironically, my buddy that I bought the, the Z4 from, he has a vet and he had the Z4 
I had a pickup and all this, and he was moving up to Cape Cod. Yeah. And he was like, he, he, I've always loved the Z4. Like, you know, I mean, he's had it forever, never really drove it. When he did drive, I was like, man, it's just a gorgeous car. And so we were talking before he moved up there, and I was like, look, you know, like, are you taking everything up there with you? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, well, I mean, if you need someone to drive, you know, one of them up there, like, I can take a couple days and, and drive one of them up there, you know, with you. you know, like, so, yeah, that'd be kind of a fun little road trip, you know? Yeah. And I was really saying, basically, I'll drive the BMW, you know, you can drive the Corvette, you know? So I think he was going to, I think he sold his pickup. He's like, I can, I can get in their pickup when I get up there, you know? And, um, the pickup and he had the, the vet and uh, I was like you know blah 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 and I was like well look just just saying you know and obviously you know I was like if you ever think about selling this when you get up there and you realize you don't need both of them like let me be the first call you make you know like at least give me a shot at it right and he was like oh, okay yeah 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 I didn't think anything about it you know and then about a week later he comes in he's like hey man he's like what's up he's like uh, are you serious about the Z4? I'm like, about buying it? He goes, yeah. And I was like, hell yeah. Maybe. He was like, he's like, he's like, really? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, well, I was just thinking about it. There's really no reason to have both of these sports cars up there, you know? And I was like, you know, look, I'm not going to tell you one way or the other, but, you know. There's blah, blah, blah. every reason to have more than one, but I'm not going to tell you that. There is. Uh, and I was like, well, I understand what you're saying. And he was like, he was like, well, like, He's like, well, make me an offer. And I'm like, I don't even know, like, what they're worth, you know. And so he, he comes up next day or so, and and he's like, what do you think? And I was like, he's like, just give me this. And I was like, what? He goes, just, just give me this. And I looked at my wife, and she's like, yeah. <laughs> and my wife's not a car person. She's uh, like, but, do it. But she's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, so we got some cash, and and I've loved it ever since. And um, it's just a fun, especially where I live. I love to be here in the mountains of, of of Arkansas, and all the roads are windy and and the hills and all that. And it's like that. As a matter of fact, they're like there's people that come and ride their bikes, like big bike groups that mm-hmm. come here every year to to ride their bikes through these these highways, these you know small Arkansas highways, just wrap oh, yeah. around mountains and all that. Because you get in trouble in North Georgia and Tennessee now. Guarantee so it. Absolutely. Um, but, like, now there's there's a bunch of car groups that come up here and do the same thing and all that. So I've absolutely had a blast driving it. Um, you know, it. <laughs> he drove it maybe, like, less than 5,000 miles a year, you know. And I put, I put 5,000 miles <laughs> on it last year, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I think I, I no. ended up putting like 6,000 miles, which isn't a lot. That's still, you know, but I put, you know, I put easily 6,000 miles on it last year. And, you know, madness. That's what they're for. They're made to enjoy. And you don't have to have the most power or the most whatever no. to enjoy a car. And it's, 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 it's got that, it's got the M54 straight six in it. And it's a three liter straight six. It's, it's got plenty of power. Trust me, it can go. Um, and it's light as hell, you know, it's just a fun ass car. Now there's a lot of body roll. I'm not going to lie. Come around some of these curves. There's a lot of body roll on that thing. But once you get used to it, understand that it's going to be able to take it. 
you just gotta, you know, you gotta trust it. You gotta trust it. Yeah. Oh man, mandatory carry, uh, six dollars super chat. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. He says for me and fix. I appreciate you guys. Um, but yeah, defense now dad. defense dad says that. Oh no, that, the that huh? is so true. Dog, the BMW club laugh. people are the worst. Yeah. yeah. Uh, those nerds know the skewed number for their lug nuts. They annoy the shit out of the dealership. So, uh, dude, those and I know you. I know you like your little Z four, but dude, yeah. Beamer guys are a whole other level. Oh, I know. I, I don't consider myself a Beamer guy. I, I enjoy. I, I've always. I love BMW. Like I've always, you know, much more. I'm a BMW guy over Mercedes. Every, oh, dude, every, I'm I mean, not like a big Mercedes the, guy. Some of the classic like E. Yeah, some of the classic. Yeah, the old E46 guns, is a great E46. little E46. Yeah. You know, yep. those are fantastic cars, but the, like, you know, some of these guys are like, look, I'm not going to lie. Like, one of the BMWs I would love to own is that mid 2000s Formula One derived V10 M5. I know that. Oh, the old M5, ticking. yeah. I yeah. know it's a ticking time bomb. I know those things are notorious yep. for breaking. Yep. I'm yep. 100% aware, but, but I still wouldn't they be one. fun until they do blow up? Yeah. Listen to that thing. thing. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah. And then it, you know, I mean, I know I it's just, an eventuality. Well, I guess that's why, like, I, 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 like, I've always loved BMWs more than Mercedes. I think it's because it's the, they're the sports, they're more sporty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, you know, no, I'm mean, not gonna lie. Like, engines and uh, I do like old, like you know, the old like Mercedes Hammers is an example. You know, the wide bodies, yeah, and stuff that like you know, the rent. Those are amazing cars, but now they're amazing cars that more people know about. Yeah, and the price they weren't cheap to begin with, but now they are insane. And now yeah. I'm, I'm out of that league. My dad had back in the '80s. He had a Mercedes. I don't even know which one it was. It was one of the old diesel boats, you know. Oh, dude, um, like a 300D. I would take one right now. You, you know, that thing was a beast, and you know, it was pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I tell you, if, if I was going to buy a modern, quote unquote, modern, like in the last 10, 15 years, I'm not mm. sure what the actual name of it is, but it's like the the old like um, SUV that kind of looked like a Land Rover. Mercedes SUV that's oh a G wagon those things are freaking badass. I I mean if I would if if I hit you know Powerball tomorrow I can tell yeah. you right now that I as a daily driver I would probably buy an AMG G wagon just so I could go peasant. Now if yeah and that's another as thing if you're, if you're gonna do Mercedes you need to go AMG you, you gotta go AMG you know yeah. I mean, just so I can watch all the dinosaurs die every time I push the gas and watch oh, the yeah. gas needle drop. Yeah. Because I'm driving a 650 horse, you know, twin turbo V8 yeah. that guzzles premium and I don't care. Nope. Not, not, a, not know, a care in the world. Every not time you stand world. on the gas, you hear Greta Thunberg like scream out of the back that's of funny. it. That's funny. You know, it's, that's, that does it for me. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. That'd be kind Same of a cool with, thing. Same with supercharged Range Rovers. They're just amazing. Yeah. See, I, I, I'm a Land Rover guy uh, more than a Ranger. I had a 95 Land Rover back in the day and loved that thing. The only reason why we band. got rid of it, the only reason why we got rid of it is, you know, we, we had my daughter and all that. Well, my wife doesn't drive stick. <laughs> and my Land Rover was a five-speed five, five speed manual. Yeah. And we got rid of it because she didn't want to learn how to drive stick and so I had to get her a freaking uh, I got her like a Lincoln Navigator which is a great vehicle, we had it forever Yeah. but I would have loved to have kept that Land Rover, it's a family car but I, was, I sure as hell wasn't going to teach her how to drive stick on that Land Rover because 
I mean, anytime it took the shop, it was a thousand dollar bill. No matter what you did, it was, you know, oh, it was yeah. a thousand dollars. So I wasn't going to teach her how to drive stick on that Land Rover. <laughs> no, you go find something this bill. There's like, I mean, let's be honest. A manual transmission now is like this day and age is the greatest any theft device on the. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yep. And this I remember anyway. back in the day you could you could rent. Like I even thought about trying to go find a, a rental company. That still has a manual to give like twenty twenty five bucks a day and teach her on that. But even mm-hmm. like, but you can't find manuals even at rental cart. Like you just can't find them anymore. Like they're just not there. Yeah. And and the actual the manuals, you know, everyone knows. Uh, most people know that manuals used to be cheaper, a few thousand dollars cheaper than the automatic versions of the cars. Yeah. Not, not the way. If you can find a manual, it's probably ten thousand dollars more than the automatic version. You know? I mean, when Road and Track does like a, you know, here's the here's the list of cars still available with a manual this year list. That's not good. Yeah. And now look, yep. and people who are like, oh, you know, I manual. Like, look, I'm not anti dual clutch trim. I mean, they're amazing, especially performance cars. You yeah. Physically my my uh, I tell you what, my wife's Camry. She's got like that top end sport version, and it's yeah. got the it's got the dual thing, and it's got you can go, you can go to sport mode with the paddles. That mother freaker will that little Camry will beat some people's ass. People don't even I think do. about, and they're cool oh, as hell. But, I, I mean, but if I'm going to have a, a, a quote unquote manual, I don't want paddle shifters. I want a freaking shifter. You know, I say that, but like in some of the modern, like legitimate supercars, it's amazing. Well, if I, I would if I'm going to get a, like a, a Mercy, yeah. I mean, obviously, finding finding a shifter Mercy is impossible. If, yeah. if I could afford it, so I mean, like, a, like yeah, like a, a super, a modern supercar, yeah, a paddle would be fine. That's just the way it is. But yeah. like, that's I mean, one of the things that I loved about the Z4 is it got me back into a, a stick, and it's just I love yeah. driving a stick, you know. Well, I mean, that's the thing people don't realize too is a modern, a, a modern manual transmission isn't the same as it was back in the day anyway because no. of the amount of help with the synchros, all stuff, you know, a toy, if you, if you have a manual transmission 20, 25 years ago, it's not the same yeah. as when people harken back to, you know, 1960s era, you know, the yeah. golden age of, you know, muscle cars and European yeah. sports cars and all that. It's a different animal. Yeah. You know? I learned to drive stick on my dad's 280 ZX and, and that thing, that thing was such a great car, such yeah. a great car. Well, those are cool, and then you know, an Italian gated manual. There's just yeah. nothing like it. No, there's nothing just like the, it. Just the feel, the sounds, amazing. Yep, yep. Uh, space. Oh, yeah. Just like, all right. Well, let's kind of get out of here. I think you were coming on, bro. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. One last question. One last question. If you could find a project car for like under 15 grand right now to, to build and have fun with what would it be right now probably late 80s early 90s mid 90s era 911 911 yep you know you and I were talking about the 944 I'm surprised you didn't go like an old 944 I had 944s are cool too I do like them you can find them for pretty cheap I bet now well, I mean, we say that, so all the 80s, 90s cars that, you know, we kind of grew up with, they're all yeah. going insane, because everybody who's our age is, like, can afford to buy them now. I heard the rumor that this fall, Porsche is supposed to come out with a new 944. Yeah. That could, if that's the case, I bet you those things, those things will sell like hotcakes, man. Oh, yeah, they will. That'd well, I mean, awesome let's be honest, see. like, a Panamera is kind of like a giant 944. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, and I'll be the first one to admit that I was like super anti four door Porsche until I got the chance to play with one. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of changed my mind. What's the, uh, my buddy, his, he, he has, uh, he got his wife on a couple years ago, the Porsche. Was it the, I'm not sure what it's called, but the, the Porsche SUV? The Cayenne. The Cayenne, that's it, that's it. Not going to lie, dude, that thing's pretty that thing badass. That impressive. The Cayenne is like, very impressive. You get in that, and like, it's like, oh, like he, he, when he brought it home, he so they by, make, he's like, look, 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 look what I got her, and all that. I was like, she wore a Porsche. I didn't know it was a Porsche inside. I just fought from the side. He's like, I thought she wore a Porsche. Yeah. He goes, it is. I'm like, really? He goes, get inside. We took it. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, they, will, they haul, especially if they like do. a GTS or above. They're really crazy fast. It was but impressive. What's crazy is they are really capable, like overlanders, too. If you do a little tweak to them, like a little work, yeah, like they are crazy good overlanders. Like We're talking like Range Rover good overlanders. Now, Defense Dad said his ultimate build will be a 93 Buick Roadmaster wagon with a 5.7 V8 uh, turned into the ultimate dad rod. That could be kind of cool. Yeah. That could be kind of cool. All right. Yeah, thanks uh, Thanks for watching, guys, out there. Hope you guys had fun. We're going to we do these. If you guys haven't subscribed to the, the Speed Limit 155 channel, like I said, go over there. We're having some fun. We just started out. We're doing got a couple of videos over there. We're going to start doing these live streams every now and then. Kind of fucking talk cars and it's it's a good little thing and uh go there and subscribe to us if you're watching this in replay or listening in podcast form and you tell let, let us know in the comments what would your dream car build like a fifteen thousand dollar limit right now what would your dream car kind of project car not your dream car but your project your best project car that you could get something for under 15 grand right now and have fun with it let me know in the comments what you guys would choose chase thank you guys so much for coming on um we'll see you in about a yeah, month man. or so and um for, for sure. sure, yeah, and, and have fun watching the F1. Now, once again, what was the F1 driver that I should be looking out for if I decide to watch something? So for us, I mean, for us Americans, Logan Sargent is pretty. Is the Logan Sargent? Yep, to keep okay. up with. He's driving a little blue car. It's going to be at the back of the grid, probably. Unfortunately, I mean, you know, obviously Forza Ferrari, and if you're one of those Red Bull or Mercedes people, you know, I'm not. I'm not. I, I, I'm probably would be a. I probably would I be a Ferrari guy. Yeah, I hope all four of them crash and have a terrible day. Yeah, my my yeah. wife, um, she used to love. I think it was either Kyle or Kurt Busch in NASCAR. Not that she knew anything about yeah. it. She just liked the Eminem car. Whoever they drove the Eminem car. Oh yeah, they went um, yeah. And so she always asked, like, "Hey, did Eminem win?" I don't know. Um, but she yeah. she likes cars on what the designs were. So, but uh, Logan Sargent. Well, I have to. I'm not probably. I don't know if I'm going to watch it. Like I said, man, I don't know. I, I haven't gotten into that racing, but I do. I do like the the F1 racing where it's not the ovals. It's it's it takes drivers. You know, it's much more intelligent, fun to watch. I mean, this is in the first race of the year is in Bahrain. It's under the lights. It's a cool experience. And yeah. this weekend is also the first Indy race of the year, which is across the state from me in St. Pete. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. They okay. they shut down the streets downtown and race on the street. Oh, wow. Cool. So cool. that's a pretty cool one to watch. Sounds good. Well, like I said, thanks, guys, for watching and listening on the podcast forum. Let us know what's your best project car that you would like to build under 15000 Leave that in the comments. And, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to be doing some cool videos on the car channel. We're going to do some build stuff, some mod stuff. Uh, buddy of mine's got a, a Shelby Cobra kit car, and it is 
beautiful and we're going to have some fun with that he's also got some old lincoln's with the suicide doors that he does he's a big car guy he's got a garage full of about 15 20 cars we're gonna do a bunch of stuff with his collection and all that and then uh my next one is going to be either probably i'm, I'm looking currently right now it's either going to be the mg i love an old like 75 74 mg uh roadster or if I can find me a Triumph TR6, I think that'd be a kind of a cool build off. But I want me like an old 70s Roadster convertible just to have fun with. So uh, I'll be on the lookout. If you guys know of any, they're going to be a good deal. I'm, I'm not looking to spend more than about six or 7000 I know it's going to probably take that much to put into it to get it you know, where I want it. Um, but there are some stuff out there for that six, seven, eight thousand $8,000 price. If you know of anything out there, leave me a comment. Thank you guys so much for watching. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you like it, check out all of our other podcasts and our other media content. If you're into firearms, go check out our YouTube channel, Ghost Tactical. And to check out all of our links, including our swag store, go see our website, ghosttactical.us. Once again, thank you so much for listening. And remember, drive fast or get out of the way.